You are listening to the CMC Podcast. Join us each week for messages designed to equip, inspire, and motivate. And now for today's message from Student Pastor Josh Barnett. I'm excited to get to preach to you this morning. Um, If I don't know you, my name is Josh Barnett. I'm a youth pastor here uh, at the church. And um, I have a confession to make as we start. I have trust issues. I've got trust issues. I can't sleep when my wife is driving. Can't sleep. <laughs> hey, whoa, whoa, easy, easy. <laughs> can't sleep in the car while my wife is driving. We were driving yesterday uh, from town, and I was just so tired, and I started dozing off, and then every time she went around a, a turn or hit the brakes, I just, in my, my mind, is thinking, we're having a wreck right now, and I just, like, snap to, and I'm, and I'm just like, oh, like, oh, my gosh. And, uh, and she said, man, that's re- you're really sexist. And I said, no, babe, I'm not sexist. I can't sleep. I couldn't sleep if Austin was driving either. Like, it's not, you know, our junior high pastor, Austin. I couldn't sleep if he was driving either. <laughs> nothing, against, nothing against you. It wasn't, I wasn't saying that she was, since she was a woman driver. She's actually a fantastic driver. I just have trust issues when somebody else is driving and they have my life in their hands. Um, it, I just, it, it gives me a lot, <laughs> a lot of anxiety. Um, I have trust issues um, at church potlucks. God bless you if I've been to a potluck before and I didn't eat your dish and you got offended over it. It's nothing against you. It's just I don't know you made it or what you put in it or who else's hand touched it or grazed it while, before I got there. So, um, right, yeah, like if, you have, if you've got pets or, you know, whose cat jumped on the counter and, you know, got a little dip but you still brought it anyway. Uh, you know, I, don't, I have trust issues. I don't know what to tell you. It's, just, it's, it's hard. It's, it bothers me. So um, I have trust issues in public restrooms, you know. I would, I don't mind using them, but man, I want to, I want to ask the staff if I can like take their cleaning supplies and go in there and clean it. Um, before I, whenever my kids have to go in and they got to sit down on the toilet, I like, I like clean it off and like make sure it's like super good. And then I, and then I cover it. So not only do I clean it off, but then I cover it and it's just like, I got trust issues. I don't, I don't know who was using it before me. It's just, it's gross to me. So, um, uh, I have trust issues, uh, with chocolate chip cookies. Um, because raisin cookies look just like chocolate chip cookies. And if you like, nothing against you, if you like raisin cookies, you need to be born again um, because they're nasty. Raisins don't go in cookies. And, uh, <laughs> and if you've ever bit into a raisin cookie thinking it was a chocolate chip cookie, it is, uh, it's hell on earth. It's just not good. It's, it's bad. So I have trust issues. I have to be sure that it's chocolate chips and not raisins because it's gross, yeah. Uh, I have trust issues with drive through orders. Um, or to-go orders or like a pickup order. Have you ever got an order to pick up from a restaurant? You got it home and you open it up and you're like, that's not what I ordered. And so you got to check it before you leave, right? You know, if you go through McDonald's, if you go through anywhere other than Chick-fil-A, you better check your order before you leave. I, actually, I saw a really funny video one time uh, where this lady had gone through Chick-fil-A and she's like, even if Chick-fil-A got my order wrong, they, God knew what I needed. And so... Um, <laughs> Uh, but you're right. Before you leave the drive-thru, you better, ch- you better check that. Uh, that <laughs> make sure that it's, I, I have trust issues with myself. Um, it, like when I, when I leave my house, I don't ever trust myself that I actually lock the door or I turn the oven off or I turn the air off or what or do I got anybody that like you go back and like check yourself like three times. Cause it's like, I don't want to burn the house down while I'm gone. Right. And it's, you, you check everything or, or like when you're packing or you're going somewhere, it's like you triple check that you brought your phone charger because Knowing myself, I probably left it, or I, you know, I left something that I really needed. Um, so, you know, I've got, I got trust issues. I got trust issues, and that's 
I want to talk today, talk to us today about trust issues because obviously there's a lot, that, those are funny examples, but there's some trust issues that go really, really, really deep. And even in our nation right now, you know, you turn on the TV and like, who can you trust? You know, you, you, you flip over from Fox News, CNN, MSNBC, it's like everybody's living on a different planet. I was like, these guys, they're all talking about different things. And it's just, it's wild. Like, whose narrative do I trust? You know, and nobody's a man of their word anymore. You know, like a handshake and a, and, a, and a promise, like, used to mean something. And it doesn't now. And, you know, who do I trust? You know, used to, I could trust that doctor or I could trust that guy with a PhD behind his name or I could trust that scientist or I could trust whoever, but now I don't know who to trust because he says one thing and he says another thing. Like, who do I, you know, who do I put my trust into? You know, wedding vows used to mean something. But I don't, you know, I don't know who to trust. I don't, do I trust that journalist, that researcher, that talk show host? There's so many, you know, there's so many narratives, like who's trustworthy? And we, you know, we've all been hurt by people. Every one of us in this room have been hurt by people. And if you haven't been hurt by people, it's, you're probably young. <laughs> Just give it time, it'll happen. You know, we've all been hurt, been really wounded by people. And, and, and you know, even just thinking about some of my singles in the room, like you've been hurt by so many people that you've dated before. It's like, well, you know, who can I marry? Because, I mean, it's a, cause it's a lot. Like wedding vows are intense. Like God doesn't, he doesn't like, he, he doesn't like divorce. He hates divorce. Obviously there are certain situations where divorce is permittable, but, but like you're committing to someone and you don't know if that, like, is that someone going to hold up their end of the deal? That's a lot. You know, when we think like I've been hurt so many times, like, is the next one going to be the same? Is there anybody that I can marry? They're all going to hurt me this way. You know, we get hurt by our friends. And so a lot of us don't have deep, rich friendships because we've been hurt by friends. And so anybody we get close to, we keep them at a distance because I don't want to be vulnerable. Or I don't want to be backstabbed or I don't want, you know, my last friend did this to me or whatever. And so, you know, coworkers, bosses, you know, we have, tr there's just trust issues. Who can I trust? Can I trust my parents? You know, my dad said he was going to be there, and then he wasn't there. You know? Mom said she was going to get help, and she's still doing the same thing. And we have trust issues. Even as adults, we have trust issues with our parents. You know, that's not something that you graduate out of. Trust issues with our spouse. Trust issues with our churches. When I, first, when I showed up here in ninth grade, I had real big trust issues because I had a youth pastor that betrayed me, that really hurt me, that wasn't the man, it, he wasn't who he said he was. And so I, like, I didn't want to get close to the youth pastor here because I know how the last one treated me. The last one said he was one thing that he wasn't. You know, and, and we've all seen, you know, we've all seen pastors fall, be hypocrites, stumble. And so we have trust issues. Can I trust this guy behind the pulpit right now? Is he who he says he is? We've all been hurt. We've all had our We've all had our trust broken and, you know, betrayal's like, you get betrayed by somebody, that's one of the deepest forms of hurt. That's hard. Because like, because then it makes you just question all of reality, right? You get betrayed by somebody that you've been really close with for a long time and then, like, and then you find out like you're not the person you said you were. So was anything that we had before this what you said it was? Am I who I am now? Because everything that I felt, was that not real? Was all that fake? You know, and then, well, and then my future, it's all up in the air now because I've been, you know, I thought it was going to be one way tomorrow, but now it's not. 
And betrayal is, you know, it's hell on earth, man. It's a, you know, it's a woman, sorry, you know, lighten the mood a little bit. Sorry. <laughs> it's hard. Betrayal is really hard. It's deeply wounding, scarring. It's scarring to have that deep trust that you had in someone else shattered. It breaks every part of, you know, your pers- what you thought was reality, your perceived reality. And, and then that, that hurt, like, where do you go from, from there? Who can you trust? Who do you go to? And even, you know, we all know that we mess up, that we fall short, and we can even prevent ourselves, you know, even subconsciously sometimes from getting close to someone because we don't want to hurt them because we've been hurt, and so we don't want to step in that situation and hurt someone else because we know that we're going to fall short. And I don't want to make anyone feel the way that I did. So we keep everyone at a distance. Well, and then like, because, well, everybody's broken, everybody's, everybody's betrayed me or everybody's whatever, you know, where that person's betrayed me or, and I think sometimes we believe even subconsciously maybe that, that God will let us down like that. That he'll let us down like everyone else. Or maybe you're sitting in this room today and you think, and you believe that he has let you down. Or, you're afraid of letting him down. There's trust issues. Now I would say that these, I would say that, that trust issues with the Lord are really a lot of times the root of our dysfunction. A lot of times they can be the root of our dysfunction. Maybe we have put our trust in something or someone else that's that wasn't trustworthy and that's like the root cause of our brokenness. You know, you just see, you see cycles where hurt people hurt people. And you, you know, guys that I went to high school with that said, I'll never treat my kids like my dad treated me and now they're treating their kids like their dad treated them. Maybe it comes back to trust. I think one of the greatest lies that the enemy pulls over our, our eyes is to get us to mistrust God. You see at the very beginning of the garden, Genesis chapter 1, chapter 3, I'm sorry, chapter 3, verse 1, the serpent comes to Eve and says, did God really say? Did he really say it? She, he gets you to question. He gets you to question, what did God really say? And did he really mean that? He didn't mean that. God didn't mean that. You won't die. And then verse 5, you know, you know, God knows that if you do that, this will happen. And so maybe the, you know, the great deception is that God is withholding something from us. And so we have a mistrust there. And so maybe mistrust was the root, the seed that was sown that caused Eve to eat the fruit and then share it with Adam. And then, <clears throat> then you, you see the devil trying to play the same tricks on Jesus in Matthew chapter 4, right? When Jesus is driven out into the, by the Spirit into the wilderness, fasting for 40 days, and then the devil comes to tempt him. The devil says, the first two temptations, the devil starts with, if you are the Son of God. If you are the Son of God. Because you don't really believe that, do you? I know your father said that you are, but you don't really believe that. See the mistrust that is being sown. And obviously Jesus responds the right way every time. And then, and then the, the last temptation, he says, Jesus, if you'll just bow down to me, I'll give all of these kingdoms. To, I'll give everything to you. Jesus, I will give everything to you if you do it my way. If you put your trust in me and not what your father said, don't do it his way. Now, thankfully, Jesus overcame those temptations where Adam and Eve and then us have fallen short. 
But, you know, my question to you this morning is, what is your trust in? Who is your trust in? Has the devil sown seeds of mistrust in your heart between you and the Lord? And because of that, maybe everybody's trust is in something. Whether it's the Lord, you're building your life on something. Matthew chapter 7, verses 24 through 27, Jesus says that a man who builds his house on the rock, the winds and waves will come. And they won't be blown down. They won't be shaken. He, said, he starts with, if you do what I say, you'll build your house on the rock. So whose voice are we listening to? He says, because some people won't listen to me and you're going to build your house on shifting sands and the winds and waves are going to come and they're going to knock you down. See, there's one rock that we can stand on. That rock is Jesus. There's one truth that we can believe and truth has a name. It's Jesus. Who's your trust in this morning? Who's your trust in? Who's your, who are you trusting for for your finances this morning? Is it based on the stock market? Is it based on the economy? Is it based on the gas prices? Is it, is it based on how things are seemingly currently? Is it based on inflation? Who, who is your trust in for your provider this morning? If this whole thing crashes and burns tomorrow, is God still your gyra? Is he still your provider? Psalms 135, verses 15 through 18 talks about that, there, that men and women, they, they take silver and gold and they fashion it into idols, idols that can't speak and idols that can't hear. And then he ends it with all of those who worship these idols. Actually, it says all of those who put their trust in these idols become just like them. Who's your trust in this morning? Who is your trust in this morning? What you put your trust in is the foundation for everything else in your life. What you put your trust in is going to be the foundation for your life. Turn to Proverbs chapter 3. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 through 12. It says, Trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him, and he will make your path straight. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. This will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops. Then your barns will be filled to overflowing and your vats will brim over with new wine. My son, don't despise the Lord's discipline and do not resent his rebuke because the Lord disciplines those he loves as a father, the son he delights in. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. Do you trust him with your whole heart? Do you trust God with your whole heart? I think many of us would say, we believe in him, but that's not my question. It's do you trust him? Do you trust him? There's a difference in believing in him and trusting in him. I love him, but do I trust him? I love him, but do I, I do things for him. I come to church, I volunteer, I run with God. Like I, I do these things with him, but do I trust him with my whole heart? See, I think it's easy sometimes to compartmentalize and we trust him with parts of our lives, but do we trust him with our whole life? Do we trust him with everything? It's interesting that he says with your heart and not your mind. Trust him with your heart. Trust him, better translation would be trust him with the deepest places of who you are. Do you trust him with your dreams and your desire and your vision? Do you trust him with the deepest places of who you are? The mind is important, but it doesn't say trust him with your mind. Your heart actually can take you places that your head can't. 
Lean not on your own understanding. Understanding's not bad, but he says don't lean on it. Intellect is not bad, but don't lean on it. Why? Because human reasoning is flawed at best. Don't lean on it. Your heart is going to be able to get you through the hard things in life that your brain will not be able to get you through. <clears throat> there are things happening in your heart, in your soul, in your spirit that your mind cannot understand. There are dreams and desires and things that God has put in the deep places of you that your mind cannot comprehend. Do you trust him with all of those things? If we could, listen, if we could intellectually understand everything about our God and everything about what he has put on the inside of us, we'd dumb him down to our level. Then he would not be a God worth putting my trust into. He is way bigger, bigger and way more mighty and way more eternal and way more than I can even possibly imagine. Ephesians 3.20, like he, he's going to give you things that passes all understanding, that passes what you can dream about, what you can imagine, what you can think. Like he's going to, like that's what he wants to bless you with. And it's like, well, I can't intellectually figure that out. There's no way. And how weak of a God would he be? Because like he's an ocean and my brain is a cup. Intellect isn't bad. Understanding's not bad. Wisdom's not bad. But he says here, don't lean on it. And literally he means don't lean your life on it because it's going to break. It's going to crumble because this is shifting sand. Do you trust him? Do you trust him? In all your ways, submit to him. In all your ways, acknowledge him. Then he will make your path straight. Are all of your ways, is every part of your heart, every part of your life submitted to him because it's then that your foot, your footing is straight. Your footing is solid and you walk with him. Do you trust him? Do you trust him to go when he says go, to stay when he says stay, to wait when he says wait, to speak when he says speak, to be quiet when he says be quiet, to step out when he says to step out? Do you trust him? Do you trust him enough to lay the dream on the altar? Do you trust him enough to, to lay the dream on the altar? Even the dream that he gave you, the vision that he gave you, the desires that he put in your heart. Do you trust him enough to lay those things down? Well, if he gave it to me, why would he ask to lay it down? Did the same thing to Abraham. Promised Abraham that he was going to be the father of many nations, descendants that outnumber the stars at 75 years old. And at 100 years old, he gets this son, Isaac. And then one day he comes to Abraham and he says, I want you to take, it's interesting the words that it uses, take the son whom you love. And I want you to present him as a sacrifice to me. And Abraham doesn't go, what? He says, early the next morning, Abraham got his things together, got his son, and started going to the place, Mount Moriah, where the Lord wanted him to sacrifice Isaac. I'm the father of many nations. I've been waiting for 25 years for this kid. Me and my wife are way too old to have babies. This is a miracle that we have him here. Now you want me to kill him? Now you want me to lay him on the altar? Abraham doesn't complain. He doesn't fight about it. He doesn't throw a fit. He doesn't disobey. He trusts in the Lord. I believe that Abraham's heart was in such a place of trust that even if he killed Isaac, that God would raise him back from the dead. That's how much trust he had. In the Lord. His trust wasn't in the dream. His trust wasn't in the ministry. His trust was in God. Do you trust him? 
Do you trust him to lay, do you trust him enough to lay down everything that you planned? Everything that you dreamed out, promises that he gave you. Do you trust him enough to lay it down? The dream may be from him, but he will pull it away if it becomes an idol. Do you trust him with your finances, your provision, your health? Do you trust in his promises? Do you trust in his word? Do you trust in his timing? That's a hard one. Do you trust in his timing? He's not in a hurry. He's not in a hurry. He's never in a hurry. You look at the life of Jesus and the way that he moved from town to town and the things that he did. That dude was never in a hurry. He was never rushed. And Jesus wasn't walking, and you know, Jesus fulfilled like over 400 Old Testament prophecies. He wasn't walking around every day going, okay, I got to do that, and I got to do that, and I got to do that, and um, oh, we got to get the donkey. Don't forget about the donkey. Jesus wasn't doing that. He wasn't, he was simply trusting and following his father, living in response to his father, going after his father, doing the work of his ministry with his father, and God made all of those things happen. You think about Abraham, back to Abraham and Isaac, at one point it was taking too long for him. So Sarah said, go sleep with my servant Hagar. I've never met that woman before. <laughs> go sleep with this other woman. That's weird. That's what happened. Go sleep with the servant Hagar. She'll give you a son. They have Ishmael. Out of God's timing. And we're still seeing consequences from that mistake trying to make the dream happen in their own timing, in their own power. God's taking too long. Do we trust his timing? Do we trust his timing? Do we trust it? Singles, do we trust him with our spouse? Do we trust him with our ministry? Do we trust him with our house? Do we trust his timing? I mean, you know, maybe, maybe you're in here today and maybe you thought you would be farther along in life than you are right now. Maybe you thought there would be more money. Maybe you thought the spouse would already be here. Maybe you thought you'd already have the house. Maybe you thought you'd have the career, you'd have the job, the friends. And maybe you thought you'd be somewhere that you're currently not. Do you trust him? Do you trust him? Maybe the better question is to, re, to, to reframe that question of do you trust him? Let's ask ourselves this question. Is he enough? Is Jesus enough? Just him. Is he enough? Is he enough? Look at, you look at scripture and you see people who waited a long time or who, who, who worked for the Lord for a long time. I think about Noah, 600 years old. God calls him to build a boat. Takes him a hundred years to build a boat. One hundred years to build a boat that only eight people rode on. Imagine spending a hundred years of your life for something that was only going to affect eight people. Think about Jesus, the Son of God, Jesus. Three years. Greatest moment of need. There's one guy and his mama left. John the Beloved and Mary at the cross, and that's it. Even when he rose from the dead, 120 people, 
You think rising from the dead would kind of change things. Like, oh man, like everything this guy was saying was right. He's real. Like, let's follow him. 120. 120 people. Do you trust him? Do you trust him? Is he enough? What if you never make the money? What if you never get the degree? What if you never get the job? What if you never get the spouse? What if you never get the house? What if you never get the the little dog and the cute white fence? What if you never get the RV? What if you never get the retirement? What if you never get the grandkids? What if you never get it? Is he enough? Is Jesus enough for you this morning? Do you trust him with your whole heart? With your whole heart? Do you trust him? See, many times we say, yes, we trust him, but then we start asking the hard questions, and it's like, man, do I really trust him? And, then, you know, I'm talking to myself, too. Do I really trust him with all of it? Is he, is he really enough for me? And then I think, well, if I trust him with all that, what if he's like everybody else? What if he's like everybody that's ever let me down? What if he doesn't come through the way that I thought he was going to come through? Numbers 23, 19 says, God is not a man that he could lie nor is he a human that he could change his mind. We have to understand that we serve a God that is not like man. We trust him with our whole hearts because the only, he's the only one that will not, not mishandle our hearts. And listen, by trusting him with our whole hearts, it ensures that our hearts stay guarded even when other people mishandle them. I'll say that again. When we trust the Lord with our whole hearts and entrust that our hearts are guarded, that we don't fall even when other people mishandle, that our whole world doesn't come crashing down even when other people mishandle our hearts because our hearts are in his hands. He will not mishandle you. He's trustworthy. He's he's faithful through the ages. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Well, he didn't come through for me. Or I believe that maybe you believe he can come through, but you don't believe that he wants to. See, you can believe in him and not trust him. That's why Proverbs 3 says, don't lean on your own understanding because when the miracle doesn't come, when the breakthrough doesn't come, when the dream is taken, you can't lean on your own understanding, you can't lean on your own human reasoning. And I'm not not anti, again, I'm not anti-intellect, understanding, or wisdom. We just have to be sure that it's not what is supporting us. And see, many of us trust God until there's a problem and then we turn and blame him. Or accuse him. You said, Lord, I thought you said things were going to be different. And I believe he can, but I don't believe he wants to. I believe he can, but I don't know if I believe that he wants to. See, our faith, our faith has to stand upon our trust. If we don't trust in him, we're not going to have the faith for the breakthrough. If we don't trust in him, we're not going to have the faith for the breakthrough. Because only if I trust his word, then can I have faith that moves mountains. But if I don't trust his word, then I'm not going to have faith that can move mountains. Do we trust him? Maybe the problem wasn't in his desire or his ability to come through. Maybe it was in my trusting him. And, and listen, I know that, I know sometimes like that's, man, that's hard to swallow. Maybe it was in my trusting him, but again, like this is where it comes to the place of like, I can't lean on my own understanding. I can't try to figure out 
with my mind. I have to put all of my trust, all of my heart, my hopes, my dreams, I have to put that all in his basket, in his hands. I have to trust him by trusting in him. And, 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 and I want to end today, and I want to end with some worship. I, I want to look at um, Mark chapter 1 real quick. Just a few verses here that are super powerful. It's, this is found in three Gospels. One of the first miracles that Jesus performs, actually. Matt, uh, uh, I'm sorry, Mark 1, verse 40. The man with leprosy came and knelt in front of Jesus, begging to be healed. And he said, if you are willing, if you are willing, can you heal me and make me clean? Verse 41, moved with compassion, Jesus reached out and touched him and said, I'm willing, be healed Instantly, the leprosy disappeared and the man was healed. Older transcripts in verse 41 says that Jesus was moved with anger. He was moved with anger. The Aramaic word for compassion and anger look really, really, really similar. And so in newer, newer transcripts, they, transcripts, they thought maybe they meant compassion instead of anger. But I think it meant anger. And I don't think that Jesus was mad at the man. I think Jesus was mad at the people or the system that taught him that Jesus wasn't willing. There's one translation where it says, of course I'm willing. Of course I'm willing. Of course I'm willing. Why would you think I'm not willing? See, Jesus didn't just come to die on the cross and save us from hell. While that's awesome, he also came to correct our view of who God is. He also came to correct our view of the way that we see our Father. Because there were a lot of people that weren't trusting in him. There were a lot of people who had wrong opinions about him, wrong beliefs about him. And Jesus wanted to come and correct those. Jesus, Colossians 1 and Hebrews 1 says that Jesus is the exact expressed image of the Father. John 14, 9, Jesus tells Philip, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. You want to know what God looks like? Look at Jesus. Look at Jesus. If you want to know what God looks like, look at Jesus. And nobody ever came to Jesus. that didn't get breakthrough unless their hearts were hard unless they were pharisaical unless they were caught up in a religious system and didn't believe in him my question this morning is do you trust him do you trust him enough to bring it all to him do you believe that he's not only able to but also willing to Jesus isn't just able to heal your marriage this morning. He's willing to. He's not just able to heal your broken heart this morning. He's willing to. He wants to. He actually wants to heal it more than you want him to. Jesus isn't just able to heal your body this morning. He's willing to. He's willing to. One of the most 
powerful stories we have in the New Testament is John 11, when Jesus raises Lazarus from the dead. Well, that's an amazing, powerful thing, my favorite verse. My favorite verse in John chapter 11. It's when Jesus sends Martha to go get Mary. And Martha comes into the house and Mary's with the mourners. Many believe that she was in the house praying. And Martha comes up to Mary and says, the teacher is here and he wants to see you. He's here and he wants to see you. He's here and he wants to see you. And that's still his heart cry today is he's here and he wants to see you. He wants to see you. He wants you to place all your trust in him this morning. And you're going to have to get your mind out of the way. You have to don't intellectually. You can't intellectually try to figure this out. You got to put your. You got to let your heart sink into that place. Lord, do I trust you in everything? Like, are you on? Are you on the throne of my whole heart, or just part of my heart? Are you the Lord of everything in my life? Do I trust you completely? Do I trust you with my kids? Do I trust you with my marriage? Do I trust you with my job? Do I trust you with my health? Do I trust you with my eternity? Listen, today is the day of salvation. None of us are promised tomorrow. Jesus says, don't even worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will worry about itself. Listen, this might be the last time that we're all in this room together. I'm not trying to be morbid, but man, I just want to make sure that everybody in this room, like when you, like if you go to sleep tonight and you don't wake up tomorrow on this planet, that you wake up face to face with him. That's our hope. Our trust is in him. I get to be with I get to be with him forever. Isaiah 26:3 says that he keeps those who trust in him in perfect peace. Perfect peace. Perfect peace. Psalms 125 verse 1 says that those who trust in the Lord are like Mount Zion, they will never be shaken. Never be shaken. They'll never be shaken. Is something shaking you this morning? If something made you quake in fear, are you worried about something? Maybe you are worried about dying. Maybe you are worried about not making it to tomorrow. Maybe you are worried about your finances. Maybe you're worried about to death about your kids. Maybe you're worried about your finance. Maybe you're worried about something. But I want to let you know this morning, the teacher is here. He wants to see you. He wants to see you. And Mary comes up to Jesus and says, if only you had been here sooner, my brother would not have died. And then Jesus weeps with her. And then he walks up to that grave and he says, Lazarus, you come forth. The teacher is here and he wants to see you. Will y'all stand with me? I want to end with worship today. It's 11.55. If you need to slip out. If you got, need to get your kiddos or anything like that or, or you've got plans, feel free to. Uh, but I believe that the Lord is here and that he wants to meet with some people this morning.
and he wants to heal some hearts and minds this morning and that he wants to heal some physical bodies this morning and that he wants to baptize some people in his presence this morning. And so I want to just give some room for the Holy Spirit to come and minister to us. But if you need to leave, it's okay. I'd rather you leave happy than stay mad. So um, it's totally fine if you've got to slip out. And, uh, and we'll see you next Sunday or, or Wednesday or whatever. But I, but I would love for us to stay in worship for a few minutes. And I just want to sing this song that we did in worship about lifting him high. High within our hearts. High within our minds. To be sure that he's the one that's seated on the throne. And that we would sing his praises out this morning. The bridge says... I won't let the rocks cry out of my place. I'm going to sing praises. They, they told Jesus, stop these people from singing praises to you. And he says, if I stop them, the rocks are going to cry out. Man, I want to let you know you can drive to Walmart right now and you can see all of creation singing his praises. You can see the trees and the mountains. You can see everything crying out. When, we're cry, when we are quiet, they are crying out. But there's only one place that God makes himself enthroned. That's not on the praises of creation. That's on the praises of his people. And so as we come, as we sing praises, and listen, I encourage you, just sing it out this morning. Even if you don't feel it, sing it out because he's worthy. Even if your mind and heart aren't there this morning, sing it out because he's worthy. And if you'll let some declarations come out of your mouth, some praises come out of your mouth, he will come and enthrone himself upon your heart. He will. What praise does is it shifts my perspective from my problems to his power and so I want to sing praise to him this morning and, and, and what, so basically what that does is it shifts my faith in my problem and puts my faith and trust on him that he's going to solve my problems that he's going to heal my problems and I'm going to praise him because he's worthy and I'm going to be like Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego that even if he doesn't come through I will not bow to anything else even if he doesn't come through for my marriage, even if he doesn't come through for my finances, even if he doesn't come through with my health, I will worship him because he's worthy and I know that I get to spend forever and ever 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 singing his praises and being in his presence. That's the hope that we have. That's why my trust is in him. Lucas, let's worship him this morning. Let's sing this out.